everybody. We are back with 80s horror and we are back with a bang or should I say a flop? Um, so it was my choice. Uh, I will explain why I chose this movie, but uh, it is Rick Sloan's Blood Theater from 1984. I don't think my co-host John Moody is very favorable towards this film. I mean, we'll see. <laughs> we'll have a talk. Maybe you'll maybe you'll change my mind. I don't know. Okay, so why I picked this was um, so my husband and I decided like a few nights ago that we were going to do this like decade thing and like we went back and forth on how we were going to do it da 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 but what we landed on was we picked we separated the 80s into two parts so we've got 80 to 84 and then 85 to 89 so we took 80 to 84 and each of us picked two movies from that year that we had either not seen or hadn't seen for a long time and we were picking like more like raunchy comedies and like off the wall kind of stuff um to the best of our abilities of what you can actually like find on streaming um but the movie that we had just watched was eating raul which i don't know if you've seen that movie i've heard of it it's like it's a cannibal thing or something it's it's not it's it's totally comedy like it kind of looks like it might be a horror comedy and yeah they kill people but um it's mary warnoff um That's... paul bartell um who did that movie but i was like thinking of mary warnoff and like some of her movies and then i was like oh well blood theater I, I like it it's weird it's stupid but there's some kind of charm to it and so i just picked that out of my ass i should have probably picked terror vision or something else Mary Warnock, but it was just she was at my she this was at the forefront of my Mary Warnovy movies. Mm -hmm. Um and I I actually like this movie and I didn't realize how many people don't. <laughs> and I was the same with Hobgoblins. Um so Dwayne Whitaker um is my friend. So he was uh he was in Pulp Fiction. He was the guy who had the uh he was the, uh, uh, the bring the, out the gimp. Yeah, bring out the gimp guy, yeah. Gimp guy, yeah. Well, he was in Hobgoblins, and um, and like when I first met him, I was like, I love Hobgoblins, and he's like, you're not one of those, are you? I'm like, what? And he's just like, basically like these people who kind of love it, I like, ironically, oh, I love Hobgoblins. I'm like, no, I actually love Hobgoblins, <laughs> painful as it is, you know, um, Hobgoblins too, not so much. Um, but yeah, I actually have a little bit of an appreciation for Rick Sloan. I don't know why. Um, I think probably a lot of it just comes from, you know, watching Hobgoblins on Mystery Science Theater. Like right. that's what is to this day. It's one of my favorite riffs. Well, that's um, the thing, because when we did it for Indie Film Cafe, Paul picked it and Paul picked it because, um, I think it was, uh, just Jen that watched it with us and just Jen uh loves mystery science theater 3000 so i think she was already aware of the movie she had already seen it you know mm -hmm. and stuff so um and i hadn't so it was fresh to me completely yeah I mean, and i i gave it a seven i looked on the stinkometer score i gave it a seven which is not mm -hmm. a stinky stinky movie but it's not you know very good so i don't know i i got like a 19 and a half on the stinkometer scale out of 
yeah. out of 30 so yeah i mean it's not the greatest but i do that's the kind of quirky like if i'm gonna watch like a creature movie that's mm-hmm. the kind of quirky thing i want like it's more critters fun. yeah like fun. not critters or something that's got some more serious undertones like i want something just stupid you know gremlins um you know yeah gremlins okay that's kind of the cadillac of all of this but um i have the vinegar syndrome uh release oh, of this wow. of course of course I do. Why wouldn't I? Well, tell me what like is the special features on there. Um, actually, I haven't really delved into the special features. But do so they was, have any? Well, yeah. So I was looking at the back of this because I watched it when I got it like two years ago, and I haven't picked it back up. So I was just as I was dialing into Zoom, I'm looking. Um, so his second film, The Visitants, is so great. That is a bonus feature. <laughs> that's awesome. That's that's worth it. I might buy. I'm it reading the back. I'm reading the back of it, and it's talking about like both movies. And I'm like, what did they like release both of them? But they're talking about both of them on the back of each. And then I see bonus feature: The Visitants, directed by Rick Sloan. <laughs> okay. Um, no, but it is it is actually restored. Uh, it's got a nice 2K. Uh, restoration the best that you could get I'm sure on that um, it looks like there's uh, some Q&A type interview type things commentary track whatnot. but I just I like this movie because I think I get Rick Sloan right. and I think that's the problem most people think they can't tell if he's serious or not and I think a lot of people like think he's like Ed Woodish but like he's totally in on the joke, like right. he, he, like okay, I can honestly say Goblins Two um, was terrible because what he did is he took a movie that had lightning in a bottle kind of charm, mm. and he just tried to recreate it for cash grab. It's kind of like Birdemic Two and Three, you know, all these movies where it's like three? they. I have not seen three, and I refuse to. Yeah. After um, two. Yeah, well, yeah, because all two was was like Sharknado two. It's just like, oh, well, let's just make the same thing again now that we know, like, we know that this is what people want. And it's like, no, 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 no. It was a discovery the first time around. Now you're just trying to crank this shit back out. But I do, and and you're trying to add humor to something that was humorous because it didn't have the humor. Yeah, you know what I mean. Right, right. But Hobgoblins did have a lot of that, like, really silly, like, off-the-wall kind of humor. And that's what I like about this one, I think, too. Um, Oh, this one had off-the-wall humor, for sure. Right. I love the whole thing with, so just getting into this movie now, so Blood Theater. So uh, Starlight Theaters, which I think that's the main thing I love, is I love the stupid theater. Mm -hmm. So Mary Warnov works at the, the... Starlight Theater has a very uh, schlocky boss who's into making money and penny pinching and that type of thing. Mm-hmm. The basic plot of this story is there's a theater on the other side of town. He buys that. He's going to put that into his like conglomerate of stinking theaters. And these people have to go over and clean it all up and uh, kind of unexpectedly. And it turns out that there's you know haunting, killing, blah, 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 blah. But going back to the Starlight Theaters. That was Stoplight, or, or not Stoplight. Stop, um, stop, something st- else, star- right? Uh, now now I'm going to give I thought it was the Starlight. 
But I think you know, now that you say that, I might be saying that because that's the theater around here. <laughs> yeah, spotlight. 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 Yeah. Okay. Starlight. Starlight's a drive-in. And now stoplights <laughs> are a completely different thing. So yeah. I don't think spotlight um, makes more sense. But just the whole atmosphere of the theater and like you had both. You had like the the multiplex kind of uh it uh, had like a couple more the, uh, theater options or whatever. Right. And they but even then you say, also had the cool one, like the cool older one too. Like the retro. The yeah. Like they're probably not going to be playing what the clown whores uh, or the clown hookers of Hollywood. Is that what that movie's called? I mean, but I, I thought they would be the one company that would because like <laughs> the other company would, would get all like the, the, whatever was big in the karate kid would come in 1984. Right. right. That, you know? Yeah. But I just think that's, I, I like those, those little like things in, you know, the movies within a movie. Mm -hmm. Um, and I've always found it adorable. And I actually, Rick Sloan is my Facebook friend. And so I actually messaged him because I was curious about this. So Selena, the blonde, it is so like just apparent from like the first time she opens her mouth that she is dubbed. And like, I always wondered why, because I almost like thought maybe he was doing like a homage to Giallo, where like the people would be speaking English, but their accents were so heavy that they had an American or a British person or something do the voiceover. So, so their lips would always kind of move with it. But like, you're like, that's not that person's voice. I thought maybe he was doing that. Um, because then I hear people say, oh, it's just so bad. He just, you know, overdubbed this girl's overdubbed the whole time, you know? So I'm like, there's a story there. So I asked him <laughs> and, uh, so this, this woman, as you may surmise, uh, she, I guess was a total bitch. <laughs> like on the set too? On the set. She was, she was terrible. She, was she wasn't diva. really acting. She was just playing herself. Right. Exactly. So uh, when it became evident, you know, in, in editing, he was going to have to do some voiceover work for her. He knew he wouldn't be able to get her back. Or even if he did, he didn't know if he wanted to. So he's like, screw it. I'm just going to hire somebody else to sit here and redo her whole voice. And I was like, see, I knew. I knew there was a good indie film story there, you know? like I mean, we've had that, like, story before. Like, that's not, yeah. you know, yeah. I mean, especially when... You know, uh, and you know what? I'm glad he did that because that means he fucked with her and he got her, you know, got her back for being a bitch. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I guess like she didn't go to the premiere or anything. She was kind of offended after that, but it sounded like she was offended before. Whatever. Who cares? Mm -hmm. um, she doesn't even have a picture in IMDb. My God. <laughs> but I don't think um, anybody in this cast did. Except for Barry Warren. <laughs> well, maybe maybe a couple, but uh, yeah, most mostly, yeah. There, the, I think Marin Warnoff was the only only like, yeah. She big was actor. definitely the name, you know, the draw or whatever. Although it, it sounds like this, um, without this vinegar syndrome release, I don't know that we would have. Blood, I don't know, but I I saw this before, but I probably saw I probably rented it whenever I was a kid. I mean, it was on Tubi, so, I mean, people... Well, Tubi tends to get all, like, the remastered stuff. From Vinegar Syndrome, too. From so, Vinegar yeah. Syndrome and Arrow. Yeah, they tend to get all that stuff. Um, but, I mean, I, I saw it before I got this, because I was like, oh, my God, they're coming out with that. So, I don't know. 
I'm interested. I'm, I might, I, I might buy that this year because I mean, especially if it has these. It's two for movies. one. Yeah. No. Now I'm, I'm like, well, as soon as I get off of here, I think I'm gonna have to. You're gonna have to watch, watch Visitants. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, you know, um, the one thing I, uh, so I, I always love movies set in a theater. You know. Yeah, and um, and I think, and honestly, I think that's about probably eight. Mary Warnoff in 80s theaters. Those two things are what does it for me. Right. So, and there was a TV show for like, Are You Afraid of the Dark that had an episode where they were set in a theater. And that was the first time I ever saw like a movie do that. Um, I know for 90s horror, we're going to do like popcorn, you know. Oh, and, yeah. Yeah, popcorn. that's classic. Popcorn yeah. is, yeah, popcorn is like, this and popcorn would be a good double feature as long as you watch this one first. <laughs> It's like you'd watch popcorn. You'd be like, "Oh, that's so great that you watch those." You're like, "Oh, okay, well, it, it has a similar thing of just you know taking the old theater and renovating, and there's a stuff going on, right?" I mean, it's got the same kind of concept. Just it's got a lot better acting. Mm -hmm. um, hey, did you know about that movie? Because we love to get off topic. They filmed like apparently almost the entire movie with another lead actress who they let go and uh, then they hired Jill Schultz. Yes. Yes. And but, so, yeah, if you watch that movie, she is barely with the other people except for D Wallace. Did you know that happened on this movie too? Oh, did it? I'm not surprised. With the, the Jennifer. Oh character. yes. The Jennifer girl. That's right. I did read that. Like, that so I think that's movie. hilarious. That that's both funny. Of them at the same I guess maybe that's wow. going to be a trope that has to happen wow. every time you make a movie set in a theater. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, that's, I mean, but, they, once again, it's a great double feature, you know? But they, just, yeah, the, the old theater is really cool, and, you know, I, I would totally be into that. Like, that's something, if somebody pulled me aside and said, hey, do you want to go, like, you know, renovate this theater and, and stuff instead of working at this multiplex, I would have been like, yeah. Hell yeah. So, um, oh. Okay, I have to ask you this question before I forget okay. because I'm going to forget it. But no, they were not in high school. No, uh, oh, no, I know. Anyway. <laughs> we, we, we talked about that in Slaughter yeah. High, but um, <laughs> at least they weren't like 40 years old or whatever. Like I, that one girl, the the one cheerleader girl. Man, yeah, she was I old. know. Yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, the uh, the question I have to ask, because you do love you love your slashers and you love your ghosts and uh, kind of thing. So like Jason, you know, Jason was a kid when he drowned and then he, you know, comes back as a ghost and kills people as an adult. Um, were they trying? Do you think they were trying to do that sort of thing with this? Because he was a young man in the beginning of the movie. Then later he's an old man. But he's still a ghost. You know, I haven't pondered that. Um, yeah, because I mean, he was dead, right? But yeah, he aged, is what you're saying. Yeah, so he was an old man, and I'm like, it's a little weird. I mean, because he was younger. <laughs> okay, but do we? Okay, I'm trying to think back to the beginning of like the beginning uh, opening scene. Do we really see that he dies? No, but then, but then, why would all the doors open and close and everything? Yeah, you could, be... why would you have any kind of supernatural stuff? Right. Yeah, unless you had, unless you were like thinking like on a tourist trap kind of thing, you know, where it's like 
borderline you're not sure if it's like mystical or if it's just all like trickery and and wire pulling i don't know <laughs> well no because i mean I, to, get to the I've end never... he gets when he gets stabbed and gets killed or whatever you know which re-killed, you kill, or... re-killed i guess i don't know yeah. you're right like is he dead or is he not dead i've no we never see i, I and... don't know suspension of disbelief i i have it for the most absurd things I... and do not have it for <laughs> most other things <laughs> yeah if, the, if this movie is just so like i think from what i understood he wrote this when he was in high school and yeah, which it makes shows sense yeah it, it makes shows. more sense yeah um it still was very like still the movie itself isn't okay like the part where the blonde goes into the theater and like pops her boobs out to the guy and his date okay now that was written by a teenager i'm sorry yeah. that that had no like no place in this movie well i but, mean these are these are the cheapest theaters I've ever seen in my life because they oh, don't yeah. really even have any ushers. They don't have any like anything that like. And they've I mean, got the ugliest uniforms. I know. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I, I just think he worked at a theater as a kid, and he just asked if he could make his first movie here, which is very like Clerks, you know. And I love that, yeah. but you know, usually you have to, you know clerks they made a reason why the the shutters were down and you know what i mean like they had to explore that yeah yeah it does seem like you know i mean we know probably the realistic reason is that the the modern theater was probably shot um you know after hours in somebody's office building (laughs) Mm -hmm. so you know because i mean the fact that there are like no posters or anything really takes you out of it Mm mm-hmm I mean, there are some, but they're all his movies too. <laughs> yeah, and they couldn't. Yeah, they couldn't do like a real poster. You know, like right? But I mean, movie. but even just it, theaters, just I don't know. Like whenever I was a kid, we had the little one screen theater in our town, and like you walked in, and they just plastered posters on this one wall, like just like they would cut out like things from posters, and it was just like. From years and years and years. And so it was like this big like mural of like movie posters. Like, I mean, I think that like set my tone, set the tone for like my entire decorating personality. <laughs> like, that's pretty you much what my shower curtain. So my shower curtain is is like all the posters. posters, all yeah, it's all movie posters, all like put on top of each other. Wait, did you make but, that or did you buy that? No, I bought it. Okay. Um pretty cool though. Yeah, it's really cool. Um but, like, I remember, like, there was, like, it, it kind of stunk. You know, I can smell it now. Kind of the 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 diesel from outside and the cigarettes from outside and the popcorn from the inside. And, you know, like, and then the carpet that it's just all been just dug into or whatever. That theater didn't have any of that. Like, mm. you can do that on screen and make people think that's what they've got. And that, yeah, they they did not give it atmosphere. No, but not, the, not but, for me at least. But the retro one looked pretty oh, cool. Yes. Like had some Super really good cool. stuff, and I liked when he was vacuuming and everything. Like you could just, you could just see how disgusting it is, and sort of, yeah. you know, like they're trying to. They're, I guess, the whole idea is that they're in the story is they're trying to, to relaunch it. Kind of like once to go back to like, uh, uh, Friday the Thirteenth, you know, reopening the camp you know yeah. and stuff so it's like we're reopening up this 
uh, you know, this uh, theater that, you know, uh, I guess had murders in it. And <laughs> I I loved my favorite line in that whole movie was Mary Warnoff randomly saying, you know, uh, hey, I could tell you something that's going to make your life simpler. <laughs> it's like, but I'm not going to tell you now. Yeah, I was like. I was like, wait, was that a joke? Did I miss something? Like, was what was the punchline? Then you get to the punchline later, you know, which is yeah. uh, she tells her that she everybody's died in that theater. It, I love whenever they're doing the presentation to the staff that's going to go over there. Like, she gets to, like, this one slide and then turns it off. He's like, why'd you turn it off? Like, the rest of them had chalk outlines. In the- yeah. <laughs> it would not have looked good like, to how- the... How old are these fucking? That this is another thing. Um, so how old are these pictures? Right? Did they not take any pictures like in the last? Because it was what like the forties to the eighties. Like it, it was probably like about a forty year span. I guess from the beginning like to the supposed end. Supposed to be in nineteen twenties. Yeah, I don't know. It was like twenties, thirties, forties. I don't. It's... It was. If you rewatch it, it still looks like they're in the 80s. 80s, like, I yeah. know. <laughs> they don't have any like outfits that make them look like they were. And, right. Do you know how many times I watched this movie before I realized that was something that was supposed to happen in the like dramatic past? <laughs> well, cause, yeah, because it, I just it thought, made like, more sense that there's like a subtitle that said 1923. Right. Or something. Well, I just thought like she kind of has like that cigarette girl kind of look to her. And I just figured it was like a retro kind of theater. And that was part of their uniform is that they dressed more like the old school theaters. I That's all I thought. <laughs> well, all the rest look like they were in the old school theaters, you know, anyway, too. Like they don't yeah. really look very modern uh, 80s look, I don't think. <laughs> no, I didn't feel no. like so <laughs> yeah. it, it was just. No, in fact, uh, the, the two main, the two bitchy girls until they go to the, the new, new old theater, um, in their like Cindy Lauper outfits. I mean, they look more seventies than anything. Like the picture that's behind you right now. I know our our great listeners can't see it, but uh, it is the popcorn machine, and it is the two bitchy girls with bitchy looks on their faces. But like they've got on those like brown like jackets and shit, and it looks so seventies. Doesn't even feel eighties at all. See this? There we go. Hold on. Hello. Okay. All right. Can you hear me now? Yep. Okay. I don't know what happened. Uh, it's a new microphone, so new headset. Um, I got it for Christmas. So, uh, yeah. Learn. <laughs> I'm leaving all this shit in. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Hey, technical issues, guys. All right. You know, but we had to deal with it. So does everybody else. Yeah. All right. Moving on. So, um. Uh, to go on to, I guess, I mean, so, uh, so you picked this movie because you watched it recently, and <laughs> you, or whatever, and you're just like, let's do blood theater, you know, like, um, no, like I said, I I watched Eating Raoul, so it had had me thinking of it, but I actually, yeah, I don't know, like you, it, it, this isn't the way we normally do things. Like you just hit me up, like I'll be real honest, I had a shitty fucking christmas i'm sorry uh, about that yeah day after christmas my dog died the day after that my mom got admitted to the hospital she just got out today so it really sucked ass um 
So I think we it had was... we had a terrible time too. My uh, sister's fiance. I uh, saw that died, and then her my niece's grandma died the same day, and then on top of that, my my other sister's best friend died in the just like couple the couple th- like yesterday or so or like around new year's and stuff and then uh and then on top of that one of my friends just found out he has cancer for for stage cancer so i'm like this is not a great like you know thing for uh, and uh, it seems like it's not just me you know it seems like <laughs> it's just happening to everybody you know yeah and it sucks so i'm sorry yeah. Well, okay, so I didn't mean to, like, get all downer, but the point was, it was, like, that night after the after Snickers had died, my dog had died, and, like, you just sent me a random message, like, hey, do you want to do 80s horror on Tuesday? And I'm just like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm, you know what? I'm just, I'm going to do something fun and whatever. But, like, we usually have, we usually will go back and forth and each of us pick so many and, you know, we come up with the whole season or whatever. You just said, what do you want to do? Right. And so I was just like, fuck it. You know, like, I didn't give it much thought. <laughs> <laughs> but it is like a comfort movie. It is it is a movie that I like to watch um, unriffed. I do like, I do like the riff tracks uh, version of this. They do riff this movie as well. Um, do they? It, Yes. And so people, they're like, people are different about like MST and all that stuff. Some people think it's like mean spirited or you're making fun of or whatever. For me, it's always been, it's like watching movies with my friends that I didn't have. Right. So like, I mean, nobody was going to watch blood theater with me like 10 years ago. Can, are, are you fucking kidding me? No, now, but now you, you know what? But I can well, but he hates the way I watch movies because I watch them like I'm watching like MST3K. So that's why you need to come down to my commentaries on you. But you need to come down to Virginia because that's what we do on Indie Film Cafe. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that's what I, I do commentaries on my YouTube channel. I mean, that's just how I watch movies. And so when I didn't have friends to watch them with, I had Mike, Kevin, and Bill and the bots. And, you know, like, so it's not a mean spirited thing so much as. Like, I like this movie. It's goofy and I want to make fun of it. And so I want to watch it with my friends and make fun of it. And that, and you know how that makes movies better sometimes? Like, how many times have you watched a clunker of a movie for a podcast? And then you get on the podcast and you have a fantastic fucking time just talking about it. That's and then true. you're like, it goes up like a star just but, because it's so fun to talk about with your friends. But there are two that we've watched with Jackie Hall that are so bad that Ooh. they weren't even fun to talk about. And okay. and I'll tell you those. One is Disaster uh, Wars. It was called Disaster Wars Earthquake versus Tsunami. And it was that just sounds so... like an asylum kind of thing. It, it should have been, but it was it was done by Tomcat uh, Productions, who Tomcat Films, who sometimes do fun movies, but most of the time they work with David Sterling and do just stuff you know or whatever like, even if you made the shittiest movie ever with a title like that how could it be bored uh you know it could jackie, be shitty jackie said it was should have been called a disaster in waiting oh. <laughs> that's literally oh. there's literally a part where we're watching as the tsunami stops and just <laughs> doesn't go anywhere and we're just like 
what in the world is like it was no it was terrible uh the other one is midget zombie takeover which also should have been great because there's but there were no midgets there were no zombies and there was no takeover Hmm. because yeah that's not necessarily like a deal breaker in and of itself but the fact that you're disappointed and there well, were none of those elements. It was yeah, we're just it just wasn't a fun movie. It just didn't have, you know. Uh I, I think the problem, especially in the indie scene, is they take themselves way too seriously. This movie obviously did not take itself too seriously. This was very unserious, you know. <laughs> like, but but somebody know. had a good title and then they just couldn't like get the landing. Yeah, exactly. And it happens. Uh, especially yeah. in the indie scene, um, you come up with the title first, and then you know, right? So, and then then you then the script comes out to be crap because you had a great title, but you didn't have a great execution. So, but that's also how we got Friday the Thirteenth. So, well, yeah, I mean, I know that's why a lot of people think it's okay to do that. You know, I've got a poster and I got a name. Oh yeah, Sean Cunningham did it. <laughs> like, yeah, that was like. And that was ago. that was once again that was like lightning in a bottle. Lightning was... in a bottle, and oh, okay. And I I know you and I had a brief conversation online today about this. People, just because somebody did a Winnie the Pooh movie and they had an they had an original idea to jump on something coming out of or coming into public domain, they so they didn't have an original idea of their script, but their idea to do that was original. So motherfuckers with these Mickey Mouse goddamn movies. I cannot wait to see the cease and desist. I, like I, I, Mickey, Mickey Mouse is not public domain. And all these people like today are like, yep, we've already got the trailer and everything else. And it's like, well, could they have called it Willie's Mouse Trap? Because of Willie's Wonderland, would they've gotten sued with that? Even though it's not the same spelling of Willie, it's not the same spelling. Yeah, and clearly it's from Steamboat Willie. So right, so they I should think... have called it Willie's. You know, but the but problem if you is... don't, you people don't think that Disney is going to try to get every single one of you taken down. Like, and I know for some people it's a thrill. I mean, I've said before, like I've thought about leaving labels and things in my movies because the best publicity I could get is for somebody to sue me because I had a label, you know, for their product. So I know there's some people who are like, I mean, fucking Rolling Stone did an article or a little blurb on like one of these stupid things that nobody's going to watch. It's going to suck. But, you know, it's just like, and we knew it was going to happen. It's just who's going to get their who was going to get their poster out there first? And Variety did it, you know. Yeah. So it's out there, which means Disney knows of it. Like it's oh, not. Yeah. There's no way to hide this now from Disney. Um, the same thing happened when I created. I created a fan. I was going to do a fan TV series for you know for YouTube for uh, Crystal Lake. You know, it was going to be Crystal Lake the series. Now there is a Crystal Lake the series that's supposed to be coming to Peacock at some time in in yeah. life, but uh, and it was a similar idea. I wanted to explore the stuff before you know uh, Jason became you know whatever, right? But um, then I got a cease and desist. You know, mm-hmm. like I got actually no, mine was going to have 
Tommy Jarvis and um, Sailor Girl, um, Tina. So it'd be, you know, Tommy and Tina teaming up. So now, this was this was before you could do anything Friday the Thirteenth, and yes. there was nobody who could legally tell you what not to do. <laughs> but I did I get think, I did I get a think cease that... and desist from Crystal Lake Entertainment. Yeah, and, and their lawyers. So and I do think like people have become a little spoiled with Uh-oh. with the Friday I think the Thirteenth. I lost 13th. you again. Uh-oh. Uh oh. Uh, I can hear you. Hey, can you hear me now? Okay. Okay. I can no. hear you. Can you hear me? <laughs> I know. I lost you for a second, and I, it was the uh, the headphone. Oh, so there we go. They're connected to the microphone, so I can't do nothing about that. The headphone's connected to the microphone. Um, <laughs> Sorry, everybody. I'll back my way into the corner. Um, <laughs> no, uh. I think people have gotten spoiled with this whole fan film thing, which has gotten, I'm sorry, but it's gotten completely out of hand. Um, And so I think that so many people have gotten away with so much with fan films that that there's just going to be a breaking point. And, and like, I just come up with an idea on your own, you know? And like I said, I, I don't, this was not like my top movie of the fucking year or anything. You know what? I watched that Winnie the Pooh, Pooh, Blood and Honey. And I liked it. I thought it was a good take on what we, you know, there was always like a weird creepiness to like this kid just going in the woods and talking to these animals all the time. It just was kind of, you know, just kind of flattened. But like, I'm like, that That was like a cool take on it. And they did it first. Yeah. Um, and then the same company is now doing like Peter Pan's Nightmare. Or yes. Something. It's like now. Yeah. Now you're just you're just making now as you're just kind of killing the fun out of it the same thing happened with amityville like once people realized they could do amityville it's like i don't Mm -hmm. care anymore like i'm done (laughs) you know what i actually forgot about amityville for a hot minute because of all this uh public domain with winnie the pooh and mickey mouse i do and then it's gonna (laughs) yeah then there's gonna be amityville pooh (laughs) you know you know, for <laughs> to credit some of these Amityville movies, if you watched like the last like four of the official Amityville movies, some of these have way more to do with the Amityville house than any of those. Did. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Because a lot of them were like, I mean, not that good or whatever. The, the lamp uh, and the clock and the dollhouse. Well, and, and then there was uh, there there was a the guy that tried to put those into. His, but we shouldn't talk about that because, no. you know, yeah, it's just crap. A lot of that's just, I don't know. I hate it. I don't, I'm not a fan of Amityville uh, stuff. And I, I would never, I don't think I would ever make one, you know, myself. No. And, and then it was, it was cocaine, everything. And it was, yeah, you know, yeah. Like, there's, so, it, it's just, yeah, it's just like, come on, people's come on. I mean, it doesn't have to, nothing that, nothing that anybody does musically. In film and books, nobody is breaking new ground. It's all mm. been done before, but exactly. it's like at least have your your twist on it. I think that was my point with Winnie the Pooh is like not really defending the idea of like oh you know Winnie the Pooh movie or whatever. That's like what everybody heard, but that's not what we got. Um, and there's still a lot of people who will never see that movie, and will just be like, eh, you know, stupid whatever. But it's just like just be the 
be the first to do something, mm-hmm. not like the 10,000. Be the 10th to do it, not the, the 10,000. Yeah. I like, get who it. Who wants to be that person, you know? Well, it's just it's just like, okay, I might as well jump on the train. That's what I think people feel like. And- it, yeah, it's complacency and it's it's the same thing as um like we've seen this happen a million times. What we saw happen with Amityville. Somebody gets the rights to the name, and it's way easier to just slap that onto a movie that's completely unrelated and not have to do all the publicity, not have to, you know, get your brand going. It's way easier to do that and have people bitch about the movie being crappy after it comes out than trying your own thing and going through all the motions. Silent Night, Deadly Night. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, like, there was, like, one that didn't even... Prom Night had one where nobody went to prom, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Well, and and the remake, didn't they do that finally actually go to prom in the remake? They went to prom in the... Yeah, and it... No, but that's a a whole other franchise, a whole other podcast. (laughs) But, yeah, Uh, it's just basically, like, somebody gets the name the rights to something and they just slap it on to whatever they happen to have because it's just easier. And that's what people are doing. This It's easier to just have an AI poster generated, which is easy as shit now to do. Right. You know, it's like, of, of course, uh, if you think that your AI poster or picture does not look like it's AI, then you've got a brain deficiency. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's like, People who can't recognize AI at this point in time are like that. It, it, it's Darwinism's coming out on the internet. Let's just put it that way, kids. You know, right. like, like you dumbass, don't you see that's AI? You know? <laughs> so, um, okay. So all the let's go back to to our movie Blood Theater. Okay, <laughs> real quick. We kind of went on a little tangent, but it's okay. Blood that theater. happens. All the movies which play at the Spotlight Theater multiplex in the film were short films made by Rick Sloan while he attended Los Angeles City College. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Which and would be the clown... Is it the clown... The clown, clown ho- hookers? The clown hookers of, of Hollywood, yeah. Or something like that. There's yeah. alien clown hookers, right? Like, weren't they aliens or something? I don't know. Yeah, it was know. weird. Um... Uh, at one point, Mary Waranoff's character is seen reading a copy of the June 1979 issue of Cosmopolitan, which featured the article Confessions of a Call Girl. The magazine prop would later be reused in Sloan's 1988 feature. Um, yeah. So, in uh, Hobgoblins. You, do you have that? I, I'm sorry. I did not know. I did not hear that. You were talking about the Cosmo. The Cosmopolitan, what was the Cos, uh, yeah, the Cosmo. Cosmopolitan article, Confessions of a Call Girl. Did you not hear me? Like, was I? No, off? I heard you. I got distracted, so okay. I just, I was just looking at my blood theater, and I like, I was like, wait a minute, you were talking about the shorts, and I was like, why wouldn't those be the special features, like to have the shorts? But then I see reversible cover. Of the visitants. Not only have I had this for a couple years and did not know that it actually had the other movie on it. 
actually had the other visits. Nice. <laughs> so you can put a whichever one you liked better, I guess, right? Yeah, I'm like, how did I not know this? This has been the the discovery podcast for me. But let's see. Uh, this, yeah, this side does not say that it has his shorts. Oh man! Well, okay. maybe they're on YouTube or something. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know because I'm looking on IMDb and it doesn't even look like he was listed as uh, making short films or something. Hold on, let me. Well, yeah. Sometimes they don't, and that's understandable. Well, and but... he may have like made. I mean, it was just the posters, so those may have been things that he made. But he well, no, but the that. actual like he made short films and like college or whatever right but they just may not they may not be around anymore like the one that we do see may be he may have reshot you know what Mm. i mean like they he he might have done those films and then they've been lost in (sighs) uh it kind of sucks when when that happens um yeah oh wait so you can get like you can find the rick sloan fake trailers these, I guess that's what they were. They were short. Oh, is that fake trailers for his movies? And they are Chainsaw Chicks, um, uh, Chainsaw Chicks, which I love that title. By the way, it reminds me of Todd Farmer's, uh, um, not Todd Farmer's, Donald Farmer's. That's a completely different farmer. Todd Donald Sheets, Farmer. Donald Farmer. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I, well, there is a Todd Farmer, and he's a mm-hmm. uh, the guy who made your favorite uh, Jason movie, Jason mm-hmm. X. Um, so then there's Amputee Hookers and Nightmare of the Lost Whores and Clown Whores of Hollywood. Okay, so, I think I've seen that fake trailer thing somewhere. Yeah, I think maybe I just IMDb. maybe I just saw it on IMDb and I'm maybe, but maybe it's there. Maybe you can watch them on YouTube. Ooh. I don't know. So <laughs> if you guys want to go find out if you can watch uh, Chainsaw Chicks and all that stuff, but there's, I mean, yeah. Those shorts I think he made as tra- trailers for movies, and um, apparently he's he wrote ten pages of this script for Blood Theater, and that's how he got the money for the rest of it. You know, because he wrote ten pages. Yeah, which I I can't imagine which ten pages got the investors to just start throwing their money. I mean, what? <laughs> how much money do you think this actually cost? You know, um, you know, we, we take for granted. There's something that we take for granted completely in our modern times. And that is to make a movie, even to make a cheap movie back then was not cheap. Mm -mm. Like, because you had to use specialized equipment, film had to be bought and it was expensive and it had to be processed and editing was a bitch. And you had to, like, you had to have people who had actual like skill and equipment and whatnot. So even when you made a cheap ass movie, it's still like even by today's standards, like some of these movies, it's like, oh, it was only one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Well, one hundred fifty thousand dollars. Can you scrape up one hundred fifty thousand dollars? Because I can't. <laughs> OK, you so know, but but now we all have our phones and we can all mm. make these things. But it wasn't like that. Um, it was also called Movie House Massacre. Ooh, mm-hmm. It's not a great title. No. Oh no. Blood uh, Theater you know, sounds cooler. Blood Theater sounds very like Vincent Price kind of thing. I, I think I, it's I think it's a good title. I think when you gave me that title, I my my head went straight to like that other there's, there's like uh Theater, theater of Blood. Blood. Yeah, Theater yeah. of Blood. 
And that was like 1970s, like anthology. So I was like, and then you were like, oh, oh damn. Wait, on Can I watch that instead? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, well, no, I'm not really into like the 70s Roger Corman, <laughs> whatever, Vincent Price stuff. You know, I'm not no. really, I thought they're okay. Obviously, they're much better than anything I put out yet. But I'm just saying, like, it's not, not it's my not cup your of genre. Tea. Not yeah, yeah. I, I haven't even really watched uh many Hammer stuff. They're just they're too, I don't know, too blah for me. I don't know. I'm just not I, into it. I don't know. I think like for a lot of us, um, it was an imprint thing because, <laughs> like, because the people all had British accents and stuff. I think that like it, like, some of the stuff that we saw in those Hammer movies. We only saw because people thought they were semi-legit. Let's put it right. that way. Just because they were British. Um, and But instead we get, you know, the hey, just for two seconds of booby or two seconds of, you know, blood, you know, whatever. I mean, whenever you're like younger, that's good enough. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but I, I didn't. I didn't really grow up on horror like that, you know? Yeah. So when I got to be an adult, I probably really got more and more and more into it was uh actually interestingly enough, it was Lloyd Kaufman, you know, because I wanted to I wanted to make comedies originally and dramas and other things, you know. I was all serious and shit. Then I discovered a book called Make Your Own Damn Movie. And I was like, You can make a you can make a movie like this and then and then launch yourself so that you could do your comedy okay you know and then i kind of got stuck in the genre which is great because i <laughs> loved it more and more as but like as a kid i i was too scared of of stuff you know of, of horror films i was when i was little little like right. once i got to like i started getting more intrigued by the time i hit like eight nine ten but yeah it's, you kind of hear that from a lot of people like i didn't really start watching until i was in my 20s and then a lot of it's just going back and discovering what everybody else had already seen right and then you were but you were at that time of like the 80s uh at the in the um video store you know yeah well and i'm that's why i'm thinking a hammer why i've kind of i kind of said what i said because um you know like our midnight horror host would show those movies mm -hmm. and those, those movies were like never great but it was like it was just titillating enough you know, for, you know, that time. And so, yeah, I could see where they'd be kind of boring. Um, Who was your horror host? Like, where you were from? Um, He is still around, sort of. <laughs> no, he he is. Uh, Sammy Terry is the Indiana horror host. Uh, he is actually the world's long, like, longest running horror host. Nice. Um. The original Sammy Terry started when all the horror hosts started, when everybody got the universal package. Uh, but he, you know, made this character and then he um, passed it on to his son. He taught his son how to do it. And when he passed away, the son has done it. And the son's done it for like 20 some odd years. Nice. So, yeah. So it's kind of an Indiana legacy type thing. I know everybody's everybody's like that about their local horror hosts or like cartoon hosts or whatever, you know, it's like, Oh, but mine's the best. Cause mine's mine. <laughs> but yeah. Like I watched a lot of hammer horror on Sammy Terry growing and, up yeah. and it's warm, fuzzy feelings. Yeah. And now he needs a son to pass it on when he dies. I honestly keep it going. don't, I don't know if he has a kid or not. 
And or I a daughter. Know. It could still be Sammy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, somebody could do it, but he's, he's still a, I'm not like a young guy, but I mean, he's not old. Old. Either, yeah. So. He's not. Yeah. I, I get it. So that's, yeah, that's really cool. Um, yeah. I, I like hearing that kind of stuff. I mean, I, man, I'm so sad. I never lived in the era of like Vampira and, and growing up on that, we had yeah. Elvira, but like even Elvira, because uh, she would, they would show like all the, um, or uh, was it Rhonda, uh, Rhonda Shear and yeah. all, would show all these. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> exactly. And they would show these like radar movies, but they were cut and everything. So yeah. I never wanted to watch them because it was not, though, I think we talked about it before with Lost Boys. I did love Dinner in a Movie, which was not mm-hmm. a horror host, but like, I guess yeah. they hosted the movies, you know, mm-hmm. that they did. And, you know, so I don't know. I, 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 I kind of grew up in a different, yeah. thing, you know, than you did. Um, but uh, I'm I, a little older, not, not a ton older, but I'm I, older enough for it to make a difference sometimes. You you remind me like there's another friend of mine who's just I think she's only a couple years older, but she'll be like, "Hey, I'm not that much older than you." <laughs> you know? Well, okay, here here's the distinction. Like if you and I are just sitting around and we're just talking about like what did you do today, blah blah blah. No, there's no difference in our ages at all. Right. When we're talking about the '80s, our age difference then is significant because yeah. we all we all know how it is. Like. You're just like, oh, did that happen when I was five? Like, you know, like the month something happened whenever you were five years old. Right. You know, like, so, yeah. So whatever we're talking about the 80s, then like I become the fifth grader and you're like the second grader and I'm going to school you. <laughs> yeah, you are. And I'm like the kindergartner probably because I'm just like, <laughs> I don't know as much, uh, especially about the 80s. That's another reason why I created this show. I mean, blood theater and then i then i drag you into this yeah uh, you show me this stuff like this which i never heard of and sadly so we're probably at the time we need to be wrapping up a little bit but sadly i uh did kind of have a lot of shit going on um at the end of last season so i had to bow out and it sounds like uh my dear friend maddie deering took over for me to talk well, about in one episode and then another mm-hmm. episode i had michael mcglynn so two of my co-hosts for the other you know shows that i did and we did for yeah. and that's so funny because right. you if asked I had, me if about I had, if i had to pass the movie blades to someone then maddie would be the first you know yeah. i would give the gift of blades to her yeah, so uh, Mausoleum was the other one you missed. Sorry, uh, I don't know if you like that movie or not, but uh, or I, I always get that one confused. There's Mausoleum and Mortuary. Mortuary, I like Mausoleum. I'm bored by. Really, that's funny. Well, we'll have to do Mortuary. I, uh, I, like I did not. Um, I liked Mausoleum a lot. I thought I was gonna hate it. I thought I was gonna be bored by it. But you can't be bored by it in the first two seconds of the movie where. The young girl is running, and she, uh, um, and and it just looked in slow motion. It's just like, oh my god, this is terrible. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I just did not. I didn't get into it. I just found myself bored. I think, I think I know what you're talking about. Like, I think I was like, oh yeah, this is gonna be great, and then it just like, then you're like, I bored you. Yeah. Hey. Well, it, it has a uh, special effects done by. Um, uh god the uh, john carl uh, john carl b 
Spiegler. So, I mean, I, I had to, I loved it. I enjoyed it, but it, it wasn't as, you know, like. I actually bought the Vinegar Syndrome release of Mausoleum thinking it was Mortuary. Uh, <laughs> so I, I have like, I have release of it that I don't even think I've I opened. Think Mortuary <laughs> was put out by MBD, if I'm correct. I... Somebody like that. Somebody else put it out. Yeah, it's somebody available put... too. Well, but that's I mean, there's just certain movies that you just kind of get confused in your head, you know, yeah. and those those two kind of I don't know why. Like they were next to each other probably on the shelf at the video store, you know, and, and they one one somewhere. word title, you know. Yeah. And they're I mean, one's about a mortuary, one's about a mausoleum, and both are very similar. So And um... they both start with an M and whenever you're like <laughs> eight years old, it's like mmm. Okay. Mausoleum Mortuary. Okay, I get it. <laughs> I, think, I think they have the same syllables too. Mausoleum Mortuary. Mortuary, yeah. There you go. <laughs> There's a lot of similarities. But I haven't I haven't seen Mortuary yet. And I hadn't seen Mausoleum, so I had no idea if it was going to be any good or not. Uh Blades I hadn't seen either. I just I wow, we're picking like vinegar syndrome movies, aren't we? Is yeah, I, I was sad that I, I I was very sad that I did not get to discuss Blades, but it, it was well, you know, uh, it's a wonderful film. One day we got to do uh, uh, the mutilator again because you, oh, yeah, because I didn't get that. to, and yep. then we'll have to do Blades again so that you can, so like do a redo. Oh, a know, mulligan, yeah, mulligan since you didn't. And it'll be, I, I always like that because like Paul's always talking to me about movies and he's like, you know, how about this movie? I'm like, well, we did it for 80s horror films, but you know, whatever. And I'm always like, we can do it for something else because, you know, Paul will give me a different perspective than you will, you know, right. and everything like that. And so I'm I'm okay with doing something more than once as long as it's something that, you know, is interesting. If I didn't like or the movie or something, I'd be like, no, let's not do that one. Oh, so we can do Blood Theater again? <laughs> what would we do it for? Like horror? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Uh... Mary Warren of Appreciation Month? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe one day. Um, I don't know. I honestly, it was funny that she was in this movie and everything because she, I mean, she's in it. She's in it throughout. So it's not like just like a one, you know, she comes in, says her lines and leaves. You know, she's throughout the whole movie uh, with that annoying guy who should have been Paul Bartell, by the way. Yes. Yes. You know. That would have been, been great. Nice. Um, you know, and it's funny because we just watched um, was a rock and roll high school, high school, yeah, uh, Patreon only. So all, all, all I kept thinking of is she is so not Miss Togar. Yeah, like <laughs> she was a different. She she was a character who kind of, I don't know. She let she let people walk over her a little bit, you know, and then she would strike when she needed to, you know, right or whatever. But uh, man. Um, so I, I guess we should wrap up some stuff, but like, we didn't really talk about this movie as much as no, <laughs> there isn't a whole lot to talk about. So honestly, the kills are very lackluster. I find it just more charming, that like the cheerleaders are like 40 years old, you know, like those types of things. It's not a great horror movie. I mean, it really does probably fall more under comedy. Well, well I mean, no, it's supposed to be horror, but it, it, is off as comedy. I felt like the the booby scene, which was the one where she just yeah. takes out her chest randomly um, and whatnot, just felt weird because it kind of goes on, and not just because she's ha uh, she's 
some i'm not topless because her top's not up but like it's you know it just didn't make sense it didn't make sense at all to start out with it was like the dumbest like how how is this revenge what i don't understand and who are these people like really like what is going on here but yeah because you never really get to like know any of the characters except you get more time i think this the most screen time anyone got was with those two uh concession girls you know and stuff selena is the only one that i even know the name of oh the other girl Um, i don't know her name like i have no idea i mean the entire like everybody in this movie like i don't know any of their names except for selena and the only reason i know it is because how mary warrenoff would say her name to her selena a lot of times that's the only reason i knew yeah this is not a character driven film by any stretch (laughs) i mean uh I, I did I once again I liked the idea of it being in a theater. I like the the projectionist stuff, you know. Uh it kind of does show what it's like to be in a theater, which was kind of cool. Like, you know, if you wanted to show people who are about to work in a theater, like this is what could happen inside a theater, like the the stuff could catch on fire or whatever, you know, things like yeah. that. If it's overheated, I guess. Um Fuse boxes. There were a lot. There was a lot of fuse box drama in this movie. I mean, <laughs> I would like to see another movie theater uh, horror film done today, uh, but it would be a bunch of the horror would be a bunch of Gen Z people working at a theater where there's no digital stuff. So they have to figure everything out. <laughs> I think that would be more fun. And then they get slaughtered one by one because, you know, they opened they open this the theater back up or whatever but like could you imagine like you know how people who were not born and don't i mean there were things in here that you you don't see today you see oh, right. a rotary phone and i was like oh my god i have not seen that since my grandma you know you know yep. that kind of thing so it's you know it's it's awesome to like sort of go it it feels like a time capsule you know yes. and yeah. I, I really enjoyed that. Um, but yeah, and that's another reason why I like doing 80s horror films is because going back then, you see this stuff, you know. Um, you see uh was it uh rotary phones, you see uh theaters with you know, um uh what is it, uh like actual you know project like marquees and pro- yeah projectors and yeah projectors yeah all that stuff so and I it's not retro like you know i mean we've seen that like oh we're gonna it's this new uh vintage blah 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 you know i don't know the word i'm trying to think of like restored kind of thing mm-hmm. like we've seen that a bunch of times but I mean, I would love to, like, I talked to Paul about it. Like, if I had the money, you know, or whatever, oh, I yeah. would love to open up my own theater and just show. Revival, movies. revival theater. That revival was theater. Was yeah. But oh, yeah, show, that would like, be... cult movies that nobody ever shows. You know, Paul has a, a list, you know, of stuff that he would love to get his hooves on. Um, yeah. <laughs> I would love to do that, too, because it would be fun. But and that would. I mean, I don't know if it would do well or not, but probably would because the, you would show films that, like, we would bring in, in the room and bring in Tommy Wiseau and, you know, oh, ah. All right, hold on. Are you there? Yeah. Nope. Okay, hold no. on. I knew that was going <laughs> to happen again. All right, I'm back. 
Yeah, we actually have a couple of those around here. Um, I have sadly not gone to either of them. Um, but yeah, and we, I mean, and I, we have our drive, my drive-in, <laughs> the Skyline Drive-In in Shelbyville, Indiana. If It's not the Spotlight Drive-In? No, the Starlight was the one I was thinking, and that's in Bloomington. We get, yeah, we actually have quite a few drive-ins around here, which is nice. kind of, yeah, kind of, kind of weird, kind of different, but I mean, the one in particular shows a lot of indie movies, a lot of horror movies, you know, a lot of old movies, a lot of uh, old ads, and you know, just kind of, you know, cool stuff. They still have a projector projector. Um, uh, you know, I went to a one in California, a drive-in. They're just, yeah, I, I didn't realize. Well, I'm surprised. Like, you're, well, you're not close to Mahoning, but you're like, how far is that from you? Oh, no, I'm talking about California. You know, I know, Cal- but like, but you've never, but you've never gone to the Mahoning. I don't know or where that you're... is. Oh, it's in Pennsylvania. Oh no, I'm in Virginia, so I'm not I, anywhere I, I, near I, I Pennsylvania. Know. Okay, I know that, but like, I don't know. For some reason, I was thinking like it was closer or something. No, like I was maybe thinking that the whole... Richmond might have one. I don't know. I never really looked yeah. <laughs> for. I should, you know, maybe see what the closest. One, I'll you know I'll look it up later and I'll let you know. So yeah, there they are few and far between, but we've got like four within driving distance for me. Nice that have never closed down. Like that's awesome because mm-hmm. oh man, one of the one of the indie films I want to do for Indie Film Cafe at some point is a movie called Driving, and it was yeah. a two thousand oh. and like five or something movie. I'm thinking of a different one. Oh, why is it? Okay, this is this is (laughs) yeah. Um, because it's this stupid thing down here that just keeps muting me. So muting Uh. everything. Yeah, but all right. Anyway, uh, have you seen Driving? (laughs) Uh, well, okay. I thought you were talking about Drive Through. Well, first I thought you were talking about Drive In Massacre. Then I thought you were talking about Drive Through. I don't think I've seen Drive In. You said it's yeah. from two thousand five. Well, yeah, and I think so. And they used uh, trauma movies as the on the projection on the, oh, on nice. the thing. So I guess they had some kind of thing with Lloyd, you know, or whatever. And I think it was like a Lionsgate produce like put out movie or <laughs> whatever. It was it was okay. It was you know your typical. Uh, slasher uh, with, um, you know, uh, set in a drive-in kind of thing. It was like, imagine if Blood Rage with that scene in the drive-in was all, just the whole movie was that, that, you know, kept, yeah. yeah. So anyway, um, yeah. So uh, what I, w- I want to like try to make sure we say one more thing about this movie, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh because we just once again we keep going off but i mean we were talking about theaters so it does kind of okay the girl um the other bitchy concession girl she had a really cool like radio yeah i've never seen that before i know and it i was like wow like why did we all not have one it was almost like a bracelet or like a donut like a green donut thing that like yeah that was pretty cool yeah i was was (laughs) See, there's a good thing about the movie (laughs) Well, I mean, because then you can look, uh, hopefully, find out what that is, and maybe find it on eBay for. It a looks modern. <laughs> that that's the thing. It looks modern. It looks like something you'd go into the store and buy now, like a Bluetooth thing. 
but it's not. Yeah. It's something it's from not. the 80s. Because mm-hmm. there, there was no way they could have done well, I don't know these days, mm-hmm. man. You know, going to the past yeah. and then here, here's something from the future. Yep. <laughs> uh, but no, I that was pretty cool. I was like looking at that going, what is that at first? And then yeah. all of a sudden they turned it de- off or whatever. Yeah. And I was like, that's a radio? Yeah. Like, like that's, that's pretty, pretty neat. Cool. Yeah. So I, I thought well, so. I don't know. I, uh, and it was playing whatever the music was that was. <laughs> yeah. Just that same, movie. the same music through the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, I, uh, I mean, it, it, this wasn't a terrible movie like this, but it was worse than I, I would definitely. If uh, if I had to give it a, a, a rating on the stinkometer, it'd be eight. You know, which oh, okay, whatever. Uh, do Fair we do, do ratings on here? Do we? I think we do do out of four out or out of five. Out of five, I think. I think. I you know what? I mean, I'm I brought this movie to the table and I like it. Like I said, it is like a comfort movie. I don't know. Is if it? it's, it's the atmosphere or something. I don't know. There's something about it that I just really like watching it. Um. So I'm going to give it a two and a half. It's not a good movie by any stretch of the imagination, but it's enjoyable and it's enjoyable to me. Yeah, I'd probably give it a two. I don't hate it. Like, it's not something I, I'd watch it again um, with with other people. So so I challenge you watch it with Rift Tracks. OK, right. Because, you you know, that experience or whatever. And then, yeah. I think I might actually, yeah, I might enjoy that. Um, mm-hmm. And I'd enjoy watching it with Paul, because Paul would uh, right. Paul would pick the shit out of this, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. and stuff. So, yeah, definitely. Um, so, I definitely would recommend it to people who are into, like, old school 80s. I mean, that's what we do on the show, but <laughs> old school 80s, like, um, atmosphere of uh, of the of being in a yeah. theater and, and whatnot, especially... Just those kind of theaters that you just don't, because nowadays you don't have that. Like no. the one in Williamsburg we had was called the Kimball Theater, and that showed stuff. Notes over in uh, Claudia Williamsburg, but like they don't, they stop doing that. Like they have it occasionally, they have films occasionally, but they mainly don't do those. You know, you if- need to come to Indiana because we actually have two, two, yeah, two or three. Um, yeah, we've got three theaters, like theater theaters that do that. Okay. Like vintage theaters, like what you see in that movie. So like between right. that and the drive-in, you know, you, yeah, guys, there could you, make, go. you guys could make a week of it. <laughs> I don't know. That, that sounds like way too much. Like when I went to the drive-in in uh, California, like there was a, du- it was a double feature, right? That's what you, yeah. that's what you get there. And uh and they were modern films, right? One was um the the knife one, um the the mystery, murder mystery um movie, uh something knife or whatever. Um ah, Knives Out. Knives Out, yeah. And then the first one. Uh and then the second one we saw, uh my friends and I watched, or the first one we saw before we because we were really going for that one. But the one we saw before then was some comedy about a bunch of women, like three women who worked at a something together. But it wasn't even it wasn't fun. It was modern. It was boring. It was the comedy, uh, within, you know, you got to come here for, you know, our weekends, solid weekends of camping, biscuits and gravy for breakfast, dust till dawn 
35 millimeter prints of, of the most awesome movies. So, so Paul and I are planning to go to Cinema Wasteland this year. You know, oh, okay. Ohio, but uh, still uh, kind of close to Indiana, I guess. But um, I will see you there. And actually, um, so one of the guys. Okay. So um, Don Z, shout out. He won't be listening to this, but um, our friend Don Z is uh, a purveyor of said film. So 16 to 35 millimeter. He um, provides a lot of the films that we watch at the Skyline. He also has become uh, like a curator or something for Cinema Wasteland. So he will be there with a truckload of films and we can just sit in the screening room because that's yeah. pretty much what they do. The screening room at Cinema Wasteland is pretty much like just being well, at a drive-in. We're going to the one in the fall. I don't know. There's like one in the okay. spring and one yeah. in the fall, I think. We're going to own the one in the fall because we'll have more money, you know, more time to save up and, and get ready. But we're talking about, I think what we're going to do is. Those are and... optimistic early 2024 words. You're I know. I, I, but generally, I like to have a plan like way in advance so that I can save up and and uh, and start planning and everything. You know, yeah. it's yeah. But that yeah, it's very optimistic because, yeah. you know, just like tonight, we we're supposed to have a podcast and then two of the people that we're supposed to have it with both canceled you know so it happens you know yeah you know especially in the uh, the winter um because of sickness and fun shit like that but uh i mean and i'm so glad we have you back because like i said we said before you you've been busy with a lot of shit and um and you had a lot of stuff going on so for i was i i asked you and if you had said no you know i would have probably just found somebody you know to and found something online, but <gasps> I was like, I need my, I need my Rebecca back. That's um, right. You need your I know. theater. I know. <laughs> I, I have to do something and you're going to show me something I'm never going to find <laughs> on my own. I, now, I think I, I would have looked at this and I would have said, is this like an anthology? Nah, never mind. So I would have <laughs> thought of the other one, you know? And so you mentioned this and I was like, okay. And I was like, well, if it's an anthology, we have shorts to talk about. So I was down and then I watched it. It was like a regular movie. And I'm like, okay. okay. <laughs> I'm like, all right. And then this person sets fire to his theater and apparently dies, but we never see it. And then we get to the eighties and I don't know what year that was supposed to be. You said it might yeah. be 40 years ago, but you know, if it's 40 years ago, would that guy be 60 or eight? Like, Forty years, yeah, I don't know. He would have at least been seventy. Seventy, uh, yeah, and I think the guy hey, was. Hey, hey, suspension of disbelief. There. Whatever, whatever that is. I don't know. <laughs> I'm. Uh, this whole movie needed suspension of disbelief because there's just so much crap in it that didn't make any sense. But Rick Sloan, I if like you're it. listening because I bet Rebecca will tag you, um, or tell you. You know, she, she already told you we're doing it. <laughs> Um, thank you so much. This is coming out on my birthday, so oh. yeah, happy birthday to me. Happy getting, birthday. Uh, getting this out there. So um I really appreciate you coming back on. Uh I don't know what's happening next month if we're doing <laughs> you know, another Let's episode just, or not. Hey, planning is for losers. Let's just make it up as we go along. Let's do that. So mm -hmm. uh but we'll figure it out and we'll be back when we get the chance so until then everybody have a good one bye, bye.
80s horror films. 